Hello, everyone. It's good to be back. Oh, thank you. I'm just glad I'm not sick anymore. <laughs> it's good to not be sick, amen? I'm enjoying that. It's fun. Thank you, Elsa, for that great reminder that God is always faithful, amen? I like that. I love that. Uh, and I, this is going to be a good reminder the rest of service, right? That here we are, right here, in God's faithfulness. In fact, I want to... Um, I want to show you another way that God was faithful to me yesterday. Um, it was pretty fun, and so I thought I would share it with you because, just because God is always faithful, and I love that about him. And um, one of the things that I um, love to do is take care of snow. Now, some of you in the room might be saying, Pastor Mark, I hate snow. Well, I'm not saying I necessarily like love the snow, but there's something I have a little, um, let's just call it anal retentiveness about snow. And um, I love to just take care of the snow. And so I love to shovel it. But more than anything, I love it when I have a snowblower. I just love throwing snow everywhere. It's just like, to me, it's really fun and really cool. And yesterday... Um, God got me a snowblower for free. Here it is. Look at that. Isn't that cool? It was just one of those moments. I loved it because don't you love it sometimes when Jesus just simply knows who you are? Like he knows everything about you and he knows everything that you need. And God knows that I love throwing snow and I love throwing my neighbor's snow too. I'll go over to their driveway and do it theirs too because I love it so much. And um, so uh, a family was moving, and they needed to get rid of their snowblower, and they said, we'll get rid of it for free. And they said, Mark, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, totally. And it was so fun because I was there, and I was loading it in the truck, and um, their son was helping me load it in the truck, and he was like, you need to know this snowblower is awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, well, thank you. That's pretty cool. He goes, no, really, it's totally awesome. You're going to love this thing. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome. Well, I'm also loving talking about being an intentional follower of Jesus Christ. I hope you're enjoying this as well. And, and I want to talk to you some more about what it means to be intentional. Now, the definition of intentional is done with or on purpose. Okay? Intentional means to do something on purpose. Let me ask you a question. How much of your life do you do intentionally? How much of your life are you living intentionally? Now, I want you to think about it just for a moment because there's probably a lot more intentionality happening in your life than you think. For instance, do you wake up at the same time every morning? Some of you do, some of you don't. If you set your alarm at the same time every morning, then you do that intentionally. You do it on purpose. How many of you take a shower each day? Okay, brush your teeth, put deodorant on. Thank you very much. From the bottom of my heart, I would like to say thank you and so would all of the people that you work with and that you spend time with. You do that on purpose, right? You drink coffee every morning on purpose, right? 
or because you're addicted, one of the two, it's one of the other, I'm not sure some of you, you actually know, okay, coffee's my addiction, right? You eat breakfast on purpose. You say goodbye to your family in the morning on purpose. You show up to work on time on purpose. You eat lunch on purpose. On and on, there's probably a lot of things that you do on purpose. You don't actually realize you do them on purpose. But there's something really interesting about living intentionally. I'd like you to listen closely. There are things you do on purpose because you need to. You need to do those things. You need to eat. You need to take a shower. You need to love your family. You need to change your baby's diapers. There are things that you do on purpose because you need to. But hear me. There's also things you do on purpose because you want to. Because you want to. You want to drink coffee. You want to watch TV. You want to play a game. You want to read a book. You want to golf. You want to do your hobbies. This is the area that I'm talking about with you. The area that you do on purpose because you want to. What things do you want to do for Jesus? What areas of your life do you want to change and become intentional for him? This is the series we're in. It's called Intentional. And I believe this series is very important. I believe we need to become intentional believers in Jesus Christ. Intentional means there's going to be new things that we decide to change and do on purpose to honor Jesus in every area of our life. Intentional means we're going to make purposeful decisions to stop sinning in areas of our life. Intentional means we're going to work hard at being Holy Spirit healthy in every area of our life. Intentional means we're not going to slack off on our spiritual disciplines anymore. We're going to read the word and pray and journal and give financially and serve and hang out with other believers for encouragement. I'm going to figure out what my spiritual gift is, and I'm going to start using it on and on. This, this concept of becoming intentional followers of Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit, and motivated by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, hear me. This is not just another set of messages that I needed to preach for the next four weeks. Do you hear me? This is not a set of messages I just had to come up with so we would have something to do for the next four weeks. I feel very convicted about this, and I hope you do too. It's becoming a conviction of mine, in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we must become intentional, and here's why. Because the world is intentional at snuffing us out. Have you noticed that? If you look around you today, you will notice that the world is becoming increasingly anti-Christian. We talked about this last week, that we don't live in a Christian nation anymore. We live in a post-Christian nation. That means we once believed in the Christian values. We once believed in, in God's word. We once believed in the Judeo-Christian values that make a great society, that make great people, that make great families. But that's not the United States that we live in anymore. We are a post-Christian culture. 
And our culture has now embraced humanism and secularism at a great rate. That's where we're at. That's where we are. That means that as Christians, we can't just suppose that uh, randomly we are going to live for Christ. That's not going to happen. We must be intentional about living for Jesus because the world around us is becoming intentional about not living for Jesus. And that means that you and I could be in danger of getting sucked into a world and conforming to it instead of being transformed by the Spirit of God so that we know his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? Amen. We must become intentional followers of Jesus Christ. That means we will need a lifestyle shift. That things in our life, habits we've created, structure in our day, will all need to change. We will have to make a decision to intentionally guard our lives from the influence of the world. We'll have to be intentional about the role that you live in as a husband or a wife, as a single person, as a retired person, as a mom or a dad, as an employee or a boss, and especially as a brother or sister in Christ. You will have to become intentional about the role that you are in right now. I just got a new role. Grandpa. Grandpa. I'm liking my new role, by the way. I have to tell you. I'm really liking my new role. When I get to hold JJ in my arms, and I just get to hold him, it's pretty cool. And I'm going to love every stage of it. Just like I did with my kids, I'm going to love every stage. You know, I can't wait to get in a boat and just have JJ catch some fish and tangle his line and eat lunch together, right? I mean, these are going to be important things. And then talk about Jesus in a boat. It's pretty easy because we have lots of stories about Jesus in a boat. <laughs> but here's my point. We have to become intentional about helping ourselves and helping others know Jesus and grow in Jesus and go for Jesus. We also have to become intentional about leading. We have to become intentional about leading, leading others to Christ, leading ourselves and growing in Christ. And if you're a leader, you just start leading in the church. Some of you lead outside the church. You don't lead inside the church. That needs to change. You need to start leading in the church as well. Now, one of the things I've noticed as we've been reading through the book of Acts, if you want, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. I've noticed in the book of Acts the past week as we've been intentionally reading the book of Acts, and now we're to Thessalonians, and we went back to Acts a little bit, now we're into Galatians. Have you noticed in the book of Acts, as people are believing in Jesus Christ for the first time, how intentional they became? Have you noticed the changes that they made in their life to serve Jesus? How they didn't just say, oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll add Jesus to my life. And they don't really add Jesus to their life. They don't do much. That's what we kind of try to do in America. We try to just add Jesus to what we're already doing. 
The New Testament believers changed everything. They had a complete life shift, a complete life change, and everything in their life became different. Even the structure of their day, how they lived each day became totally different. And I want to show it to you. Look at it with me in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. It says, they devoted themselves. What does that mean? It means they started doing things on purpose. They started becoming intentional. I wasn't intentional before about any of the stuff that we're going to read, but I am now. I'm doing these things on purpose, intentionally, because Jesus is my Savior. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions. They what? They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Wow, that's intentional. When's the last time you sold your truck to give money to the poor? I wouldn't get much for my truck. It's old. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Can I go back? There's an intentional word here. Did you hear it? Every day. That is a lifestyle change. I wasn't doing any of that before, but now every day on purpose, because I want to, I break bread, I have fellowship, I pray, and I listen to good teaching from God's word as I hang out with the believers in the temple. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is what it means to be intentional. Now, I noticed two things the early Christians did to become intentional. They became intentional with two things, two big things, time and their resources. Everything about their time, everything they did in their day changed as they got intentional with Jesus and they changed their resources. Now, in two weeks, I'm gonna talk about getting intentional with our time. So I'm just gonna leave that out there hanging for you, okay? In two weeks, I'm gonna talk about being intentional with our time. Today, I wanna talk about being intentional with our resources. Now, Verse 45 said, they sold property. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Man, that's awesome. They're putting their money where their heart is, aren't they? I love that. Now, often we think about resources. When we think about resources, we think about finances. That's, uh, and, and, and that's appropriate. That's an appropriate thought process because resources has to do with the means of producing wealth, the things that we have that could produce wealth, property that we could convert into money, resources has to do with maybe the savings that you have in case of an emergency, uh, resources has to do with regular financial stewardship that we have from God's word to sustain our home 
and our business and the church. Now, all of those concepts are really important. They're really important. And I'm going to take time tomorrow night during our live cast to unpack all that. I'm going to take time tomorrow night. So I hope that you'll join me at 8 p.m. on our live cast. By the way, we did it at 8 p.m. Um, because most people, Gonzaga, is Gonzaga on at 8 p.m.? I'm going to have to DVR Gonzaga tomorrow. Although they'll be done by then. It'll be way blown out by 8 p.m., right? That's right. It'll be over by 8 p.m., let's just put it that way, right? Okay, so here's, here's the good news, right? I'm going to unpack the importance of our financial resources in that live event, so I hope you'll come. We also scheduled it at 8 p.m. because we know we're all kind of busy, and if, you're, if you have a family and you have kids, hopefully you've gotten them to bed, and then you can come. Most of us are watching TV at 8 p.m. anyway, right? So tomorrow night, we're just going to tune in to a new great show. It's called Intentional with Your Resources. It's going to be awesome. Join us at that live event. I'm going to talk about what it means to take our resources and our money and our property and just say yes to Jesus with all of that, okay? But right now, I want to talk about an even greater resource than our property and our possessions and our money. Something that is even more important than that. Let me ask two questions to help us with that. This is the first one. What is earth's greatest resource? Think of all the things we have on the planet. What's the greatest resource on the planet? If you said you, you're correct. You are the earth's greatest resource. Say, Pastor Mark, can you prove that biblically? Absolutely. In Genesis, when God created every resource on this planet, what did he say? It was good. When he created mankind in his image, he said it was very good. What is the greatest resource on this planet? You. You are the greatest resource on this planet. Let me ask you a second question. Because it's very important. What is the church's greatest resource? You. You are the church's greatest resource. Say, Pastor Mark, we've got this great big building. So what? We can meet under a tree in the park. You are the greatest resource because you take the gospel of Jesus Christ to Cheney and to the ends of the earth. You and I disseminate the greatest truth in the world one-on-one with someone else. You are the greatest resource in the world because the role of the church in the world is to tell mankind about Jesus, to tell the good news about Jesus. You are the church's greatest resource and you and I have the incredible privilege of disseminating salvation through Christ. What it's like to live life in the spirit. We get to talk about good and evil and right and wrong, living in God's will and worshiping the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength in front of the people around us. You and I 
are the greatest resource. Now, I'm not telling this, telling you this so you can get a big head. That's not the point. It's not so that you can have an excuse to be arrogant. Because we know in the end, everything is about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Everything is about him. Everything points to him. He must become greater. I must become less, John the Baptist said. It's a great way to live. We know that everything is about Jesus. And we have the privilege to tell the world about Jesus. But here's what I think we do. I think sometimes we sell ourselves short. And we don't understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ gets spread in Chini and around the world by you. I tell you what, I love this book. I love it. I hope you love this book. But if I close this book and I lay it on this table, what happens? Nothing. Nothing happens until I open it up and I read it. And I talk about it and I share it with the world, right? The message is here. The life is here. But it happens through you and through me. We've got to get that figured out that intentional followers of Jesus Christ share God's word with the world. Share the message of Jesus Christ with the world because you are the church's greatest resource. Now, let me give you an example of that. Turn over a couple pages to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. I want to read a couple verses that I found uh, in my 77-day Bible reading that I thought were really cool. In Acts chapter 11, there's a great story. It's short. It's three verses, but it's profound. Look at it with me. Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. I love this story. I love this story. Now, here's what's interesting. Look at verse 20 with me. Verse 20 says, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene. Now, I want to tell you how important these guys are. These guys are so important that their names aren't even mentioned. Come on, Luke. Come on, step up. You don't even mention these guys. Here's what I want to show you. They're just regular dudes like you and me. They're not apostles. They're not pastors. Now, are they acting pastoral and apostle-like? Yeah, they are. But they're just ordinary guys who decide because they want to, on purpose, to go to the town next door and share Jesus. And the Lord was with them. Now, I want to show you two things. I want to show you two things that I love about these guys. Two things that these men did that you and I can do today, too. Here's the first thing they did, and I love it. They didn't put God in a box. Do you like that? They did not put God in a box. 
Because did you notice verse 19? It said that they began to spread the word only among the Jews. And these guys said what? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. The salvation of Jesus Christ is not put in a box. The salvation of Jesus Christ is not for Jews only. It's for everyone. I mean, this news is so good, we can't hog it for only a certain amount of people. This is good news for everybody. So they said, my God's not in the box. And so they went to Antioch. And they began to share Jesus with everyone there. This is good news. It requires us to think about some things. Like, how do you put God in a box? Like these guys put God in a box because, well, let's be honest, they were racist. (laughs) That's the truth. They felt like a group of people were not worthy of the salvation of God. They were racist. That's just the truth. But these two men said what? God's not racist. I'm not racist. God loves everyone. Let's go. Let's go. But how do you put God in a box? Do you think, you know, there's people I shouldn't share with? Do you think, you know what? God, God doesn't want to use me that way. God, I don't know. We have hospitals for that. Why do I need to pray for that? You know, I, I got to work hard for myself and not trust God to provide. I got to do it. God can provide for you too. You know, those people are so far away. I, I, don't, I don't know how we could ever share Jesus with them. They're called missionaries, people. That's, that's what they do. We give them money and they go to the ends of the earth. That's what we should do. Maybe you put yourself in a box. Maybe you put yourself in a box. See, we put God in a box when we say, God can't use me. When you say, God can't use me at work or with my friends or my neighbors, I don't know what to say. How, what would I share? When we say things like that, we say what? God's in a box. Because he can use anyone, Amen. If he can use Balaam's donkey, he can use me. He can use me. Now, we talked last week about starting to pray for the Holy Spirit to do the miraculous because that's what he does. So that's what we need to start doing. We need to just start praying by faith because nothing is impossible for God. So here's the first thing they did. They didn't put God in a box. The second thing they did is they just started telling the good news about Jesus. I don't think they complicated it. They're simply being intentional about sharing Jesus with the people in Antioch. Verse 20 said, they went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Now, here's what I love about this. They did this on purpose because they wanted to. Because they loved Jesus and they simply wanted to share him with others. So that's a good question for us. Do you know how to tell someone about Jesus? Do you know? Do you know how to share Jesus with someone else? It's not too hard. 
The, the really cool thing is it's something you can learn if you want to. If you want to know how to share Jesus with someone, it's really easy for you to learn. You can learn what verses in the Bible are good to share. You know your own story. You just have to learn how to take your own story and turn it into a three to five minute story. Not a 25 to 35 minute story, a three to five minute story. When you do that, then you could share Jesus with someone else. Have you had a prayer answered lately? Share it. Have you seen a miracle done lately? Talk to someone about it. You can invite someone to church. These are all things you can do. And when we do those things, verse 21 tells us a promise. The Lord's hand will be with you. The Lord will be with you. Don't forget, you are the church's greatest resource. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I like this verse. Because one of the things Paul says, and the people that he's talking to in the church are the brothers and sisters. Did you notice he didn't say the pastors and elders? The deacons and ushers? He said what? Brothers and sisters. That implies everyone. Everyone can be involved in the work of the Lord. Everyone in the church can play a role to share Jesus with the world. Because your life is the greatest resource the church has. This is why I believe we must become intentional believers. We need to become intentional with the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us. Now let me, let me close with this idea as we wrap things up. Intentional means we need to fight through our excuses. We need to fight through our excuses. Because the reality is, this is what stops us from doing what Jesus wants us to, isn't it? Our excuses. Our excuses are the things that we use to not let us do what God wants us to do. And we all have excuses. We all have them. We're all in the same boat there. We make excuses about why we don't read the Bible regularly, why we don't pray, why we don't figure out our spiritual gift and use it. We make excuses about why we don't meet with believers regularly. We, we all have our excuses, right? And then we all have our personal excuses about why we don't share Jesus with others. I'm not good at that. That's Pastor Mark's job. Uh-uh. That's not what the verse that we just read said. Now, if you bring someone to church, certainly I'll do it, but you can do it too. You, do, do you think, here, here's something that bothers me. When you say, I can't share Jesus as good as you, Pastor Mark, what you're saying is my salvation story is worse than your salvation story, and that's a bunch of beep. <laughs> right? Is your salvation story as important as mine? You bet it is. 
So share it. Talk to somebody about it. Because they need a story like you have one. But here's what's interesting. Sometimes our, our excuses come from within us. It's in our own brain, in our own head. Man, you know what? I've been such an awful person. Why would Jesus use me? Have you read the Bible? Jesus has been using awful people for a long time. <laughs> like Moses is a murderer. David's an adulterer. I mean, over and over again, Jesus picked a t one of his disciples that he knew would execute him. I mean, it's common knowledge that God uses people that are sinners. You're one, they're one, I'm one. God will use you. That's what he does. And he loves doing that. It's called grace. Amen. He likes grace. And he loves to share grace with the world. So stop thinking, oh, it can't be me. It can be you. Sometimes our excuses are in our own head, in our own brain. Sometimes the excuse is from Satan himself. Let me ask you a question. Do you know the difference? Do you know when it's you talking or when it's the enemy talking? Now, both of them are what? Lies. Both of them are lies. But you need to notice the difference because one needs to be addressed differently than the other. Yeah. If you're in a spiritual battle, then you need to know. I just need to pray in the name of Jesus Christ and this can be gone because Jesus is stronger than anything the enemy wants to do in my head or in my life. And I can take authority over that as a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay? We need to notice the difference and fight through both. Now, this is important because God, God has spread his greatest resources around Cheney, you. We're all spread out all over Cheney, all over Eastern Washington. And there's other Christians too. He spreads his greatest resources all around Cheney in the West Plains and Eastern Washington to share the greatest message with the world. So let me ask you, will you go? Will you share? Will you be intentional? Because you are Jesus' greatest resource. You say, Pastor Mark, what's my next step? Like, how do I do that? What do I do? Well, first of all, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to say yes to him. You need to believe in him. You need to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Everything in it. Everything in your life. Give it to Jesus. Just, just give it to him. Say, but I don't have anything to give except bad stuff. So, he loves taking bad stuff and giving you good stuff. It's like the greatest transaction in the world. Amen. It's like showing up at Maverick. You put a banana on the counter and they give you a Snickers. It's like, what? Yeah, this is awesome. You give Jesus all of your crap and he gives you love and joy and peace and grace and forgiveness and all this awesome stuff he gives you. That's what God does. That's how good he is. So if you don't know Jesus as your savior, you need to say yes to him and believe in him for the first time. But you might say, Pastor Mark, I do believe in Jesus. What do I do? How do I, how do I start figuring, how do I, how do I start getting intentional with Jesus? Well, start doing the 77 day Bible challenge. Pick it up on our website. Start reading the word of God. Start writing stuff down about what you're thinking Start praying regularly. Let the Holy Spirit into your life and just 
Start loving the Lord. And you may say, Pastor Mark, I'm ready to start sharing Jesus. How do I do that? How do I start sharing Jesus? Well, a couple ways you can do that. One, if you go on our website, under the More tab, you'll see the Know Jesus tab. If you go in the Know Jesus tab, there's kind of an outline there about how you can decide to know Jesus as your Savior. Or it's an outline for how you can share Jesus with someone else. So get familiar with that. Get familiar with those verses in the book of Romans that talk about what it means to say yes to Jesus and believe in him and give him your whole heart. And then learn to take your story and shorten it to five minutes and say, here's what Jesus has done for me, what he's doing for me now and what he will always do because he is faithful. Amen? Amen. That's what it means to be intentional. Now, what's your next step? Every single one of us in this room, every single one of us watching live, we need to think right now, what's my next step? If I'm going to become an intentional follower of Jesus Christ, what's my next step? I just gave you a couple. If you need a longer conversation, send me an email at mark at chinifacecenter.org. Love to chat. We can talk on the phone or we can do a Zoom or we can meet in person, whatever we need to do. Let's become intentional followers of Jesus Christ. And let's remember, you are the church's greatest resource. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that um, you believe what I'm talking about. You think we're pretty important too, and we know this because you left heaven and you came to earth and you died on a cross and you came back to life for us because you think we're important. And so Jesus, what a privilege it is to, to take our life and say, Jesus, now you're the most important. I've made a whole bunch of other things important all of my life, but I'm gonna say no to that stuff and I'm gonna say yes to you and I'm gonna start making you the most important thing in my life. Jesus, as we endeavor to be intentional people, would you help us to make the changes we need to make with our time and with our resources? Whatever changes you're asking us to make right now, whatever is our next step, would you give us the strength and the courage and the ability to do it? We know that this is true because you've placed your spirit in us. And he gives us power to be witnesses in our city and to the ends of the earth. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We pray that you continue to help us to believe by faith that you want to do the miraculous. And Holy Spirit, we, we ask you to just break forth in our church, in our city. We pray for the lost in our city. We pray for those that don't know you. We ask you to begin to save people at an awesome clip in our city because they need Jesus. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, see you tomorrow night at our live event at 8 p.m. where we'll talk about intentional financial resources. That'll be great. Excited to see that. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Have a great week. Bye. <laughs>